My name is Marty Huggins. I'm running for Congress. Huh? Does this mean we got a campaign? Push it. Push it. Push it. Push it real good. That little guy's a weirdo. I'm gonna smoke that clown. We're gonna be under a lot of media scrutiny. Anybody have anything that they want to share with us? I went to the petting zoo and I, I let the goat lick my weed. One time I put a firefly in my butthole. Why? To make my farts glow. Okay. My opponent, Marty Huggins, works out at Curves. Where did you get that photo? Make sure the cameras have film in them. I feel like Britney Spears at the VMA. Oh, shove a throwing star up a Chinese monster. <gasps> We've got some babies to kiss. Stop it. That's my baby to kiss. He just punched a baby. The campaign. Is anyone asking how my hand feels after punching that iron-like jaw of that baby? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White. And what movie are we looking at? We're going to be looking at The Campaign, 2012, starring Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, John Lithgow, and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, This is a supporting role for Dan Aykroyd in this movie. And uh, it's uh, political. It's really weird. This movie came out in 2012, but a lot of the stuff that has that was mentioned in the movie is really relevant now. And maybe it was because I wasn't really paying attention to politics back in 2012, and I'm paying a little more attention to politics now. That that the stuff just really rings true today in uh, in 2020. Now, this was the first time I've seen the movie. I, uh, I have not seen this before this. This was my first viewing. And I'll just give my overall appraisal at the end of the podcast. The movie The Campaign opens up with a text. War has rules. Mud wrestling has rules. Politics has no rules. And that was a quote by Ross Perot. Now we just cut to a big football stadium. And it's Will Ferrell and his campaign manager. And you just hear... Will Ferrell saying over to himself, America, freedom, Jesus. America, freedom, Jesus. And his campaign manager says, what do those mean? And Will Ferrell says, I don't know. But damn, people go crazy when I say them. So right off the bat, we know this is going to be a a lampooning of politics. Will Ferrell plays the character of Cam Brady, and he is a Democrat. He's running for a Democratic spot as a congressman in North Carolina. And I will say, Will Ferrell, in this movie, he looks and he talks. He got the political persona down. If you look at him, you didn't know he was Will Ferrell, you would believe that he is sort of a sleazy politician that just says what people want him to say. He nailed it. He nailed the look. And uh, for the most part, he nailed the character of this. We see a montage of all the political rhetoric that he says. As such, nowadays, we see clips of politicians saying the same thing over and over again. I don't know if they know they're doing it, if it's just a reflex, but here it is right here. Our nation's security has never been stronger because our troops and our veterans are this nation's backbone. Because farmers are this nation's backbone is this nation's backbone. Audio installation specialists and window tenders are this nation's backbone. Because Filipino tilt-to-whirl operators are this nation's backbone. And at the end of one of these 
campaigns, we see a we see a beautiful woman going crazy uh, for Will Ferrell, and Will Ferrell picks her out of the crowd, and then we cut to a very graphic scene of them having sex in a porta potty. So they're just rocking the porta potty while these men outside are are waiting to get in. So we've established within the first two three minutes that Will Ferrell's character is a political phony. You know, he also is has had extramarital affairs because we are introduced to his wife and his family uh, during these montages. Now we cut to a scene between Will Ferrell, his political manager, and his numbers are going down. And Will Ferrell says something which I think is really, really popular today to say is, well, numbers aren't science. And his campaign manager says, yes, this is science. This is numbers. You can't argue with the numbers that we have. And what has happened is Will Farrell has made a phone call. He thought he was calling his mistress, but he misdialed and randomly called this family and left an obscene message on their answering machine. And it's leaked out, and now his numbers are dropping. So now he has to make a speech defending himself. And it's one of these typical speeches where a politician has been busted, but they won't accept the blame. They're trying to blame everybody else in the situation. And he's making it sound like other people are to blame for this phone call. In our real life, all the impeachment about uh, Trump saying that it was a perfect phone call, it's really weird because this speech sort of echoes that. He said he's made a 100,000 phone calls in his life, and maybe 1,000 of them were inappropriate or obscene. So he's saying out of all those calls, only 1,000 were bad. So it's just really weird that this movie from 2012 is now unknowingly parroting uh, the perfect phone call that we had to deal with. And now we we cut to a, a, a gala, and we are introduced to the Notch brothers. And the Notch brothers are Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow. And let's go off on one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow had a tiny, tiny scene together at the end of Twilight Zone The Movie which is a podcast you can check out right here on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. One of my older podcasts, go back and take a look. The Notch Brothers are based on the real-life Koch brothers who are known to try and buy political favor. So these two characters uh, are based on them, and even their names are really, really close. We start off with John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd, what their plan is, they are trying to get move their plants from China into North Carolina. Gentlemen, I can't bring this bill to the floor. I'll get killed. There is no way Congress will let much worldwide global put made in America on goods made in China. Why not? The name of the town in China is America. Oh, now, technically, it's America. My brother and I are job creatives. And because of that, we're also candidate creators. My hands are tied. It's a real pity, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah. 
By the time we're finished, half your district will think you're a Marxist, and the other half will think you've got every DC Craigslist hooker on speed dial. Got it? We cut to uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow watching Will Ferrell on the on the television, and they think that he is he's going down. And it's like we need somebody that can back us, thus help us get these Chinese factories here in North Carolina. And they call in a favor, and for some reason they choose. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is a son of a of of a big of a big donor, and so they want him on his side. And we cut to Zach Galifianakis, and the first thing Zach Galifianakis is just this weird little guy. When you're introduced to him in the film, he seems like a very pleasant man, a, a very pleasant, and maybe a little off, but he's very pleasant, and he. He's not out to hurt anybody. He's actually out to make everybody feel better. And he's in charge of trolley tours. That's his job. Uh, He gets a call from his dad. And this is very, very, he tells, you know, stop the trolley. Very, very important to him that his dad has called him. Then we cut to him driving to his dad's house. And he knocks on the door and we hear this, (laughs) like the old maid from the 1800s, I'll be opening the door as soon as I get there. We hear this, and we open the door, and it's an Asian woman talking like a black slave woman. And yes, that's what they're doing. And you find out she doesn't really talk like this. Well, his dad, Zach Galifianakis' dad, pays her an extra 50 bucks to talk that way. Because it reminds him of the good old days. So this is, I will say right now, this is a crude, there's, this is a rated R movie. There's a lot of swearing in this movie. There's a lot of bad taste in this movie. I will say this, they do not hold back. This is a rated R movie. And they treat it as a rated R movie. And they push the boundaries as much as they can. Or as much as they could in 2012. So I appreciate the fact that they didn't try to softball or soft soap the raunchiness of the movie. They went for it. Good or bad, I'm just I'm just glad they didn't half-ass it. While he's walking to see his dad, his brother tackles him and starts tickling him. Because apparently when you tickle Zach Galifianakis, he'll, uh, he'll shit his pants. Uh, tickle shittle. That's what they called him. Because if you tickle him, he shits his pants. That was his... That was his nickname in high school. Now, here's one thing that I don't understand. The Notch brothers contact this powerful man. He has two sons, Zach Galifianakis and his other son. And his other son just comes off as somebody that can be easily manipulated, as somebody that can be easily bought. And I don't know why the Notch brothers would want Zach Galifianakis when this guy had another son which could, which they could easily manipulate and easily go along with and easily fit the mold of a politician a lot better than Zach Galifianakis. That just struck me as weird. I thought maybe, maybe it would have been better if they, they tried to get the older one and something went wrong and then they had to go. Their fallback was Zach Galifianakis. They were hit, that, was their, that was their last resort. But they went with Zach right away. Zach has a conversation with his father. 
his father is just extremely, his father is a manly man. His father looks like, I thought it was ripped torn when I first saw him. It would have been great if it was ripped torn, but it wasn't. It was a guy that looks like ripped torn in this movie playing his father. And you can just tell he's just genuinely disappointed in, in Zach Galifianakis as a person. And Zach is trying his best to, you know, to communicate, to connect with his father. And his father's not having nothing to do with it. But his father said that the Notch brothers want you to run for Congress for North Carolina. And Zach is actually happy to do this. He wants to, he wants to do it to impress his father. He wants to do it to get the love of his father. A lot of us, a lot of us want the love and respect of our parents, and we, we do things for them to get this, and that's what he does. And then we cut to China and the sweatshops owned by Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow. They're getting a tour, and they actually have a meeting saying that, yes, we are going to move these factories and these employees to North Carolina. And the Chinese are, you know, they don't believe this, and basically, John Lithgow says, if you have the money, nothing is impossible. That sums up a lot in politics right there. I know that this is a parody and it's a comedy, but it is kind of in your face. If you have money, you can buy what you want. And some of us don't want to think about it, but that's how it is. And they're just stating it right out, right here. Now we cut to, I guess it's, courthouse or something because will ferrell right now he's running unopposed as congressman for north carolina unopposed so all he has to do is sign some papers and he'll automatically get a fifth term as north carolina congressman which i don't understand if he was running unopposed why was he doing all those campaign commercials and all those campaign rallies if he was running unopposed if if nobody and why his numbers went down it doesn't make sense at this point. Why does it all matter? If he's the only option, he could have a, a, a 1% approval rating. If nobody's running against him, all he has to do is sign his name and he goes on. And up to this point, he thinks it. And he's at the table with his campaign manager and he's he says this, talking about his dick, how he's sending dick pics to women. I, I can't prove this, but I think... Because Will Ferrell is playing a, the Democrat. He's playing a Democrat in here. I just can't get it out of my mind that this person was obviously modeled after Bill Clinton. With his affairs and down south and the southern drawl and the southern charm and the extramarital affairs. I just feel that this character was based on Bill Clinton. Right before he signs the paper, Zach Galifianakis walks in with all his paperwork and says he's running for congressman of North Carolina. Now, Will Ferrell really has to campaign because he's actually running against somebody. Throughout this movie, we get cameos by political comedians and newscasters, Wolf Blitzer, Dennis Miller, Bill Maher, Pierce Brosnan. Not Pierce Brosnan. We see clips of North Carolina has two people running now, and who's going to win now, and body, body, body. It, it gave the movie a little legitimacy getting these actual uh, news people and these actual political comedians to do their cameos in the movie. I thought it was nice. We cut to Will Ferrell at home. We see his family, and it's apparent right from the beginning 
that his wife knows about all the affairs and his wife does not the wife is only with him because he is a congressman and there's a chance that he might be vp so we see a woman with a man she doesn't love but is just there because his career going forward is going to help her going forward and it's just blatantly put in our faces the kids they have two kids they have will ferrell has two kids a boy and a girl they're sitting around the dinner table and there's obviously no there's no love in this it's just all business the wife is business the kids are business it's blatantly showed that there is no family connection here it's just all about what they can do for each other now we have contrast we go to Zach Galifianakis and his family and he has a wife and he has two boys and you could tell that, that now they really enjoy each other's company they really they really love each other and they like being around each other and he lets his family know that he's running for Congress. If there's anything that they need to bring out to do it now before the press uncover it. And Zach gets a little more than he bargains for. Take a listen. Um, boys, put down your utensils. I want to talk to you about something real quick. I wanted to take this time to say that we're going to be under a lot of media scrutiny. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets or stories or fibs, now's the time to put it on the table, okay? And if you tell me, if you tell me and your mom, we're not going to be mad. I said the Lord's name in vain at school. I said I wasn't going to get angry, and I'm not angry. Okay, good. I went to the petting zoo, and I I let the goat lick my penis. Now, that, I, now I, honey, I, you promised you wouldn't get mad, okay? They're just, they're being honest. Okay, maybe that's, hopefully that's it. I had a beer with the old biker man at the end of the street. And he let me touch his old lady's titty. Oh, God. Oh, rest. I go to the mall and hide in the stairwell and take photos of women's skirts. I have a whole book of cooter shots under my bed. One time I put a firefly in my butthole. Why? To make my farts glow. I shaved the dog and glued the hair to my nutsack so I looked like a grown man. I touched myself to Drew Carey on the price right. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. Now we cut to a luncheon. It's a get-to-know-each-other luncheon. Will Ferrell is there and Zach Galifianakis is there. And Will Ferrell is playing the polished politician. And Zach Galifianakis doesn't know anything about the political realm yet. He's just there. He's a novice. And Will Ferrell gets up and he speaks eloquently. And then Zach Galifianakis gets up and he just sort of stumbles through this inane story. He doesn't know how the game is played yet. And he finds out right there and then. Because after he makes his little speech, Will Ferrell has a slideshow showing a bunch of embarrassing moments 
from Zach Galifianakis's life. And it's really, it's I know it's supposed to be a, a, a comical scene, but at the end, Will Ferrell looks at him and says, you know, welcome to the big leagues. And it's actually kind of uh, touching that Zach Galifianakis is entering this. He obviously, he really wants, at this point, he really wants to do good. He wants to, he wants to improve the living standards of North of North Carolina, and he doesn't know how politics works. And just to have, just to get slapped in the face like that, for no reason, in his opinion, you know, all he wants to do is try to make this a better place. And doing that, he just gets embarrassed like that. It's really, it's really a, a, a quite, a, quite a nice scene. And we cut to Zach Galifianakis walking to his car, trying not to cry. He gets into his car, and in the back seat is Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott is his campaign manager. He was hired by Dan Aykroyd and John uh, and John Lithgow. Now they are they're kicking it into full gear. The Notch brothers aren't taking any chances, so they've hired this campaign manager. And we cut to Zach Galifianakis' home, and they are just rearranging everything. They're throwing away his old furniture. They're 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 giving him new furniture. They're uh, Zach Galifianakis has two pugs. They're taking them away. They're replacing them with golden retrievers, who are the best. You know, people love those dogs best. Now we see the molding of the person. Now we see, once again, it's starting. It's not what the person stands for. It's what the person looks like. It's what they, what is their persona. Uh, and it's, so, it's heavy-handed here, but that's what they're doing. And we see a montage of Zach Galifianakis trying to get ready for this. Just building himself up for the first debate. And there is a scene... Uh, He's watching Burt Reynolds on television. And you know what? I'm going to mention Burt Reynolds is on a TV show. I'm going to mention this. We're going to go off on one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. I am starting a new podcast called the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. And that's where I'm just going to look at projects involving Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson. So that's going to be coming out soon. So keep your ears open for that. All right, and we're back. We cut to the first debate. Zach Galifianakis's campaign manager, uh, Dylan, tells him to trash talk. Here's what you do. You grab his hand, you pull him in, you don't let go, and you trash talk. Zach Galifianakis has no idea how to trash talk. Well, here's the exchange between him and him and Will Ferrell trash talking. Good to see you. How you doing? Hate to break it to you, friend, but uh, your balloon's getting ready to pop, and that balloon's full of your own butt toots. Are you trying to trash talk me? Might want to decide whether or not you're going to buy toilet paper or aftershave because your face is like a butt. Oh my God! You don't know how to trash talk, do you? I do know how to trash talk. Let me give you some trash talk, okay? You know what the difference between your mama and a washing machine is? When I dump a load in the machine, the machine doesn't follow me around for three weeks. Now you go. You should take a bath in the toilet. I just want to do the debate. No, now I go. You're, you're such a little turd that when you sit in sand, cats try to bury you. You're a very vocal mouth. Please let go of my hand. Would you reach down and touch my nuts? Stop it. That's what nuts feel like. Now we cut to the debate, and Will Ferrell Will Ferrell's asked this question, and he talks in circles. 
and Zach Galifianakis actually answers the question, and he gets a lot of cheers. Will Ferrell doesn't know what's going on because he hasn't really dealt with somebody who's not a politician. He's always dealt with these fake people like him, so now that he's dealing with somebody who's real, it doesn't compute with him. He doesn't know how to handle it. Well, the debate is over, and Zach Galifianakis is on cloud nine because he actually did really well in the debate, and nobody was expecting that. And now it's time to start kissing babies, and there's a baby at the end of the corridor. And Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell are racing to kiss this baby. Zach Galifianakis gets there first, and Will Ferrell was going to punch Zach Galifianakis, and he misses, and they actually show him punching a baby. They actually show Will Ferrell punching a baby. I didn't think they would do it. I thought they would cut away, but they did not. They did special effects to make it look like he punched the baby. And I, once again, if you're going to punch a baby, punch a baby. Wow, that could be taken out of context. Now we go to another uh, montage of uh, the newscasters saying how he punched a baby. And we have to, now we cut to uh, Will Ferrell's office. He's there with his campaign manager and this commercial guy. And now they have to contain the damage of punching a baby. And what they do is they, they, they lean into all the other stuff he's done, such as uh, be, uh, cheating on his wife, being an adulterer. Yeah, and, they're not, and now they're trying to make Zach Galifianakis out as, as a terrorist because he has facial hair. It's all the stuff that you see nowadays. Well, I guess it was all, I mean, it's always been like that in politics. But just to see, because, ba- because before the commercial comes out, they just go, is there any evidence that he is connected with Al-Qaeda or any terrorist group? And they go, no, but we're going to run the commercial anyway. It's a comedy, but it's hard to it's hard to watch, in my opinion, because you know that goes on. You get attacked for doing nothing. He's because this at this point, Zach Galifianakis's character is going to change. He's going to get a little enveloped with all this. But at this point, he's just still out there trying to do a good job, and these people are just attacking him to win at any cost, even if it costs him his reputation and just standing. In, in the community. All you have to do is throw that out there and, and people believe it. That's another thing that's addressed. People are easily swayed. I mean, in real life and in this movie. Just a certain sentence and people just go from one candidate to another. They're just swayed by by buzzwords. So once again, it's not, it's not anything about substance. It's just about buzzwords. Jesus, freedom, work. We go to another debate. Religion, that's another big deal in politics. If you control the religion, uh, you control a lot of votes. And uh, Zach Galifianakis is actually running on a Republican, as a Republican, and Republicans are known as the religious party. And he's trying to get Will Ferrell to recite the Lord's Prayer, and he can't do it. This is what it comes up with. Our Father, Art who is up in heaven. Aloe vera be thy name. The thigh. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom come. The magic kingdom, as it is on earth in the helicopter. Give us this day our daily pizza and let us digest it. 
forgive us. Pass. Forgive our passes we commit sometimes on women folk with their dresses that are too tight. Like, that's a nice caboose you got on. You know what? That's not part of it. I know that. Keep your heads bowed, please. Forgive us for trespassing and do not lead us to the temptations because we are tired of them and their dancing. And deliver us from evil with your mighty sword and falcon forever and ever and ever. Amen. And now we cut to both candidates trying to get the religious votes. So we cut to them going to different churches, synagogues, and then Will Farrell is in a snake handler church and he gets bitten by the snake and he just runs off. Nobody is better at swearing than Will Farrell. He just got on a roll and he just went through a ton of swear words when he got bit by the snake. God damn it! Fucking son of a fuck! Oh, the fucking cut ass serpent bit me! Oh, jam a lit sparkler up my dick hole! That is painful! Staple my tits to my balls and then do sit ups and hurt! And once again, it's portrayed that religious people can be easily manipulated if you believe. And Will Farrell is saying to these people, like, I was bit by the snake. However, the Lord has taken the venom out of my veins and the profanity out of my mouth, and I'm saved. Meanwhile, he's dying from the snake venom. He gets taken to the hospital, and there's just a shot of his, jo- his arm just swollen from the snake bite. And he gets a bump. It's also portrayed in this movie that if even if you still do stupid or bad things, you can get a bump in the ratings. And we've seen that countless times. We cut to Zach Galifianakis and his wife. Um, she's complaining that he hasn't seen her. They plan a night at home with the kids. And it's just a montage of them eating sugar, of them eating uh, candy, and them playing around the house. And then Dylan McDermott, his, co- his uh, campaign manager, shows up and just tells the family to get out. And he starts talking to his family. And here we can see the change in Zach Galifianakis. We can see that he wants to be a congressman. If his family has to take a back seat, they have to take a back seat. So we see the switch where he's not doing it now. He's doing it more for himself than he is uh, for the values that he wants to bring uh, to North Carolina. We, have, we cut to a scene where uh, Will Farrell is sitting in his den and his son comes in and his son's like, I'm running for class president. And Will Farrell's like, he's really proud of him. He's like, yeah, yeah, what are you running on? And he's like, uh, well, I've started spreading rumors about my opponent. And this is the first time we see Will Farrell sees what's going on or he's beginning to see what's going on, how his son is learning from him because his son says, win at any cost, right, Dad? And you can see that Will Farrell is kind of uncomfortable with this. His son is learning not to run on issues, but to run on gossip. And he got that from him. And it strikes such a chord with him that he goes over to Zach Galifianakis' house. And they're up drinking bourbon. And Will Farrell wants this to make this a civil uh, campaign. No more name-calling. He just wants to rely on the issues. 
And they talk about how when Will Ferrell was in grade school, he ran for class president, and they had this rusty old gym set, and it just kept scarring these little kids. And he said if he was elected president, he would get rid of this swing set. And you see a flashback where he does. They pull this swing set down. And that's when Will Ferrell wanted to get into politics, when he realized he could do something good. So he's he's seeing in his son's eyes and he's seeing in his past eyes what he used to be. And I think he wants to go back. At this point, he wants to go back to that. And that's why he wants to have a clean campaign with him and Zach Galifianakis. Well, they're done drinking bourbon, and he heads back home, and he's drunk, and he's driving. Dylan McDermott just steps out from behind um, this closed door, and he says, you know what you got to do. And then Zach Galifianakis phones in a drunk driver. Cut to Will Ferrell driving home drunk. He gets pulled over by the cops. He evades the cops. He gets into a cop car. He drives around in the cop car, and he hits a cow with the cop car. All that good stuff that he wanted to do, it's gone now. Now it's just blind rage. Now he wants to take him down. We cut to another debate. The tables are turned because Zach Galifianakis is using old material against Will Ferrell. He's he's using a story he wrote when he was eight to prove that he's a communist. And then a fight breaks out, like a wrestling fight breaks out. Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell start start fighting, you know, in this fight that has broken out in this debate. Once again, he goes to punch Zach Galifianakis, and he misses, and he punches a dog. Now, they do not actually show him punch the dog. They showed him punch a baby, but I guess punching a dog is uh, is too graphic. They just implied that he punched a dog. And we go once again to the montage of news anchors and comedians talking about him punching a dog. And at this point, Will Ferrell's wife leaves him and takes the kids because he's no longer a winner. He's losing in the polls. He has nothing for her, so she leaves. And this just proves that the marriage was a business. And he's begging her to stay. And I didn't understand that either because he has all these mistresses. Maybe he wants her to stay because it's a good look for him, but he definitely doesn't want her to stay because he loves her. It's all kind of low and shallow. And now we cut to a commercial, a secretly filmed commercial by Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell's son. And in this commercial, Zach Galifianakis gets him, Will Ferrell's son, to call him dad. And this just, Will Ferrell just snaps at this. It's like, nobody takes my son away. If you take my son away, I will fuck your wife. And that's what he does. He heads over to seduce Zach Galifianakis' wife. And that's what he does. He actually does. And he films it, and he's showing it to his staff. He's showing him having sex with Zach Galifianakis' wife. And his campaign manager finally stands up to him and says, you're going off the deep end. We can't have this anymore. And he fires his campaign manager. You're out of there. And then he's going to hire somebody else. And this person starts talking about issues. And he's like, get out of here. So he finally hires somebody who's just going to do what he says. And they run the commercial. They run the commercial, which they call a sex tape commercial. They run the commercial. And it actually gives him a bump in the ratings. I honestly believe that a politician could get a bump in the ratings with a sex tape. Now, Zach Galifianakis, we cut to him talking to his wife. And she's ashamed. 
And he actually throws her out. He throws her out. So now we, the almost, it's almost the entire change from, from the, you know, the caring Zach Galifianakis to now the ruthless Zach Galifianakis. He has to throw her out or else he'll look weak. So he throws out his wife for cheating on him and he throws out his kids. And the next day we cut to, there is a, there's, they're hunting bucks. Will Ferrell is there and Zach Galifianakis just shows up and shoots him in the leg and leaves. Oh, and then we cut to a meeting with Zach Galifianakis and his brother and his dad and John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd. And they're very, very happy with him. His father is happy with him because he shot a man. He's not happy with him because he's running and winning. He's happy because he shot a man. And at this point, Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow reveal their plan to Zach Galifianakis. It's like, you know, once you get elected, we're going to bring these factories in. We're not going to give any jobs to Americans. We're going to give these jobs to the Chinese, and we're going to charge them, you know, we're going to pay them 50 cents an hour. And at that moment, Zach Galifianakis stands up to everybody. I am not doing it. I am going to, I'm going to be my own man, and I am not going to let you destroy the place where I grew up. No, I won't do it. I'm not going to be known as the congressman who sold out his district to the Chinese. What are you doing? You're fucking up, baby, bro. God damn it, son! Will you do as I say? Look, I'm not the type of guy that talks back to his father, but I imagine that guy, and I imagine that guy would say something like this. You were never there for me. This town was always there for me. And by the way, I know when you were married to Mama, you were having an affair with that woman that looked like Dog Bounty Hunter. What you're doing is wrong. It's dead wrong. It was very, very impactful to see that. And once he leaves, everybody decides, well, you know what? Let's just buy Will Ferrell. So they immediately take all, all the, you know, all the stuff they were giving Zach Galifianakis, they the switch over to Will Ferrell. And now Will Ferrell, he's having concerts, he's he's winning in the polls, he has billboards. So all the momentum that uh, they were giving Zach Galifianakis is behind Will Ferrell now. They get his wife back, they're paying his wife to stand with him, to make him look good. It's all just 100% phony. We cut to Zach Galifianakis' campaign headquarters and it's just him and a couple of employees and his wife walks in. There's a nice moment between him and his wife. He forgives her. He takes some of the blame on himself. I will say this, though. Even though it was a nice, touching, tender scene, and Zach does forgive his wife, it was only two weeks. This whole thing was only two weeks. So she had an affair with another man because her marriage hit a rough patch for two weeks. I don't really know about that. But anyway, it's 14 hours until election time. And they realize that if Will Ferrell wins, it's the end of of where they grew up. It's just going to be all these people are going to lose their jobs and it's just going to be an industrial wasteland. Zach Galifianakis records this commercial where he just tells the truth. And it's broadcast everywhere. All these people are taken by he just tells truth about his life how he farted and blamed it on, to, on a veteran and 
And once again, it's shown where the, the politicians don't know what's going on. It's like, what is he doing? He's telling the truth. This is unheard of. It's just weird. It seems to work. He seems to have a bump in the poll. He seems that he is going to win the election. And the election comes. And he doesn't win. And it's a shocker until we realize that the voting machines were owned by Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow. Voter fraud. Once again, a hot topic nowadays. Back then in 2012, voter fraud. Votes were not being counted from certain people. It's just really, really weird how this movie is just a mirror of what's, ha- what's been happening the last couple of years. Really weird. Or maybe it's not so weird. Maybe it's just been going on so long that, I don't know. And Will Ferrell comes up to, and actually Will Ferrell is very, very gracious to, uh, to Zach Galifianakis. Says, you know, you ran a great campaign. And Zach Galifianakis tells him it's not about, it wasn't about me. You know, he's back to being who he was. It wasn't about me. It was about this place. It was about North Carolina. It was about the people, you know, doing good. It was about doing good. And evidently this speech touches Will Ferrell because he gives up his spot. He makes, Will Ferrell also makes a a very uh, passionate speech about how he's a great politician but a horrible congressman. And he uh, withdraws. And so, by default, uh, Zach Galifianakis is now a congressman. And it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment between, it was well acted. I thought these two comedic actors, it was, it was a nice, it had comedic undertones, but it was also very, very nice. And we see that Will Ferrell's campaign manager comes back, and, uh, you know, they're friends again. And uh, we'll talk about the ending here in a second. And then we cut to six months later where we see uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow sitting in their mansion. And there's a cameo. Uh, John Goodman is another one of the politicians that they bought who's now, you know, he's, he's in a scandal. And here's one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. John Goodman and Dan Aykroyd sometimes travel as the Blues Brothers. They starred together in Blues Brothers 2000. So they have starred in a movie and have done live shows together as the Blues Brothers. And here's John Goodman making a cameo in this movie. Well, the movie ends with John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd getting served papers that they have to report in front of Congress and talk about all their shady dealings. You think the movie ends right there. It ends with them getting served. And I'm like, okay, that was a pretty good ending. I like that ending. It's sort of ambiguous. What happens to Will Ferrell? Uh, usually at the end of movies like that, when we see a person have such a turnaround as that, you, you see them rewarded in the movie. And we also see, well, okay, they're served with papers, but we don't know how it ends. You know, maybe they get off, maybe they go to jail. It's It was a nice, I thought it was a nice, ambiguous ending. I enjoyed it. Then the post credit scene happens. And we see where the brothers are in front of Congress, and it, it's Zach Galifianakis asking the tough questions, and we find out that Will Ferrell is now working with Zach Galifianakis. So we find out that Will Ferrell is okay. You know, he's doing fine in politics. And the brothers are 
for hiring the campaign manager. Evidently, this campaign manager was a wanted criminal. So they're going to jail for harboring a fugitive. Sort of like Al Capone. He, you know, he was murdering all these people, but he went to jail for tax evasion. These guys are manipulating all these financial structures, but they're going to jail for harboring a criminal. I don't know. We see the end. Like, when they first ended it, okay, we didn't know what happened to Will Ferrell, okay? You know, he right now he's without a job. We don't know what happened to to the brothers. They get subpoenaed, but could they get off? They, You know, they could get off or they could go to jail. We don't know. I sort of like the ambiguous ending. They're lampooning politics in this movie. And a lot of politics are you don't know what happens. There's not a lot of happy endings in some cases. And here we get the happy ending. Will Ferrell's landed on his feet. Zach Galifianakis is on his feet. The bad guys go to jail. This ending sort of takes the sting out of all the satire that was going on through this entire movie. And that's it. We continue with the credits, and it is over. And that was the campaign. What did I think about the campaign? Even though this was a raunchy comedy, it's not very memorable. There's a couple of good, funny moments in there. And like I said, when they go raunchy, they go raunchy. That's nice. But it's a forgettable movie. I had to do this podcast right after I watched it because I always I was beginning to forget what the movie was about. And that's never good. You want to have a memorable movie. Even if it's bad, memorable. But this, there's just nothing to this movie. I mean, it's a nice satire. It shows you how politics works. Probably more... <laughs> more than you would like to think. How did Dan Aykroyd do in this movie? He's He plays uh, you know, the industrial bad guy. Cause this is weird. Okay, we'll go off on one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. In Trading Places, a podcast that I've done, Dan Aykroyd is being manipulated by these two older brothers. In this movie, Dan Aykroyd plays one of two older brothers trying to manipulate another person. So the roles have changed with age with Dan Aykroyd. And I thought he did well with, he didn't have a lot to work with. It wasn't a very meaty role. Him and John Lithgow did have nice chemistry together. He just didn't have a lot to work with. This movie didn't have a lot to work with. It's a very short movie. It comes in under 90 minutes. It tries to blow the lid off of politics, and it tries to be raunchy, and it it sort of succeeds, and it sort of doesn't. And that's all I can say about this movie, because it's already leaving my memory. And what about rewatchability? I probably won't watch this movie again. There was nothing really in it that made me like, ow, oh, yes, that's that's I, I've got to see that again. And that's the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you want to support me, you can go to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com backslash Scott White. If you want to check out anything else that I'm doing, go to my website, scottyblanco.com. And as I said before, I am starting another podcast, the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast, where I'll be looking projects by those two gentlemen. And hopefully you'll join me next time here on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. What's the trouble in the air?